Ordinary Saints podcast. It is me, Sarah, and I'm here with Richard. Like always, <laughs> <laughs> how original! <laughs> for anyone who was expecting a radical change in the podcast focus for this year, sorry to disappoint you. I'm still here. Uh, we are recording um, via a laptop today, so apologies if the recording quality is not quite as crisp. Um, but we had car situations, so we're doing it online. So it's the start of a new year, um, so we're going to call this uh, Season 3 of the Ordinary Saints podcast. You know, I guess we can always say those things I say every year about, oh, we're going to try and be more regular, And but look, <laughs> it's, it's, I think that's been exposed as being a lie. Mm. <laughs> we're probably going to record here and there all over the show, and uh, these podcasts will drop when they drop. And in that's fact... Right. The proof of that is we already had one attempt to go, hey, let's get a podcast out for Epiphany, and here it is like three weeks later, and no Epiphany podcast happened again this year. But Yeah, that's all right. Well, that's um, what happens when you have a festival in the middle of the New Zealand summer. That's right. And I think we, Rich and I were just talking about the New Zealand summer and thinking about rest and rejuvenation and creativity and all those things that we do when we're on holiday or we have some time off. And so regardless if you've been to somewhere like the beach or not, generally speaking, we've got these great bunch of days here and there where we can kick back and relax. And yeah, so we've been talking a little bit about that and how that intersects with our experience of God and faith, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm going to kick it off, Richard, and just mention I have noticed that you have been painting a bit more recently with your kids. Am I right? Yeah. So yeah, a little bit. I haven't done. I haven't launched into any new canvases, but I did have a day where went back and tried to fix up some paintings that weren't quite <laughs> as. I wanted them to be so yeah no spend a bit of time out in the garden and doing some painting I I'm I wouldn't call myself a painter I doodle around with paints mm. but I doodle around because I I enjoy it and it's quite a freeing experience for me even though I don't think I'm any good at it at all but for me the being good at it isn't what it's about it's about no. time contemplating stuff it's a real tactile thing that I really enjoy because quite a lot of my time is spent thinking and writing and so creating something is just is quite a good change of pace compared to doing the stuff that I normally do so I think that's a big part of it for me you do lots of creating too I, I do I do and I'm going to join you on the painting train because I've just been away for a couple of weeks and it's been lovely. And one of the things I felt the urge to do was some painting. Now, I'm not a painter. I don't paint. Uh, I do printmaking and sort of I'm very crafty and do that kind of stuff. But I just felt drawn to explore a new medium for the sake of creativity, right? And like you said, for me, the goal is not to be really good. It's just to create, you know, and, and to, to have fun and sort of take my mind into a different state of being, I suppose. And it got me thinking quite a bit about creativity and how often we see 
artwork or craft projects or things like that is being very peripheral, being very like, oh, I do this kind of occasionally or in my spare time. And it's so removed from the big thing, you know? So this is my job. This is my identity. Oh, and sometimes I do these other things alongside. And I'm just starting to think that actually these things are a lot more pivotal than we convince ourselves that they are. Mm. And I say that as someone in ministry, um, but I think it would apply to anyone in their job. And I know for a fact, for example, my my dad, he's been a surgeon um, his whole life. He's retired now, but he's always been really interested in the arts. Sorry, that was my phone binging. Um, really interested in the arts and uh, plays the flute and things like that. And thinking about how the holistic way of being and looking at ourselves as a whole person has been so dominated by what we do that we lose track of who we are in the midst of that, which is so much bigger than what we do with our work hours. Yeah, I really relate to that. I Not so much because I'm a surgeon, because I'm not, uh, and <laughs> no one should ever let me even approach trying to be a surgeon. <laughs> but I do do uh, a lot of the housework, actually, is what this makes me think of. And there is a point where um, we can really get sucked into the grind, right? Mm. Uh, whether it's, you know, surgery or doing the washing and hanging out the washing and then folding the washing and putting the washing away and then doing more. And my mum used to uh, have this exclamation from time to time about doing the washing and she would say, oh, it's never ending, which is true. There's always more washing to be done. We don't have to get dramatic about it necessarily. Uh, I want to have the clean clothes, but it can become a grind, right? And it can become the thing of, this is eating up all my time. I don't have space for myself. I'd rather be doing something different. And particularly, I've found at the end of last year, I was really getting sucked into that grind. You know, it's why holidays are just, for me, such an important break in that cycle, because it does create that space to go, oh, that's right, I need to get a sense of who I am again. Mm. And for me, there are a couple of things that help that a lot. One is going away from home because it breaks the routine. So when school holidays come along, and I'm sort of tied to school holidays because of kids uh, these days, um, but when school holidays come on, I try to get out of town on the first day because I can come back and sort of chill out a bit more and go, oh, we've, we've stopped doing what needs to happen during school time. But the other thing is, I and it's funny that you bring this up as a topic today, because just yesterday, I'm, I'm a list maker. Uh, I don't know if you're a list maker, but this is one of the ways I kind of cope with the many tasks I have to do. I've got to write them all down, uh, and I use a little reminders thing on my on my computer. Oh, there you go. Sarah's literally holding up her really long lists that she's obviously <laughs> been making back at work. So I use lists quite a lot, but yesterday my sort of new thing was to go, Actually, I need a new list of fun things that I enjoy, that I like doing, because those are the things that never get onto my list. It's only if I ever finish a list that I might suddenly be at a loose end and go, oh, that's right. When am I, when am I going to do painting again? We, we, like we've just talked about that. I know it's really good for me. I know it's a really restorative thing. Every once in a while, I do something and I'm like, oh, I actually kind of like how that looks. So I might, I might quietly put that one on the wall, um, which is always a nice bonus, but it is a bonus because it's definitely not the goal. Um, <laughs> but I suddenly went, actually, I need to put those on my work list. I need to put them in the bottom 
I need to start making a list of what are those things that I enjoy doing that I never make time for other to, otherwise because these things are important and I need to make time for those things too. I, I've always had that thing I can remember at theological college, the really impressing, you know, it's really important to have a hobby. And I was sort of like, huh, hobby? Oh, I don't know. I just kind of want to do my job stuff because this is fun. This is what I'm excited about. But actually it is about that balance and it's about having the thing that takes you away from what you usually do mm. to kind of recreate and, and, and get back in touch with, the, oh, this is who I really am again. Mm. Uh, I'm not just a person going through the motion and yeah, doing more washing. That's right. And I, I think it protects too against the boom and bust sort of cycle that a lot of us can get into where, you know, we'll go really hard out at work or whatever demands we have, whether that's washing or, you know, child rearing or, you know, and it becomes so intense and so mundane, I suppose, and the busyness of that, that we get to a point where we burn out or we start to burn out or so show some signs of it. And I, I'm convinced that the burnout, for me at least, is a little bit to do with losing touch with the wholeness of what I am and who I am. Mm. You know, that I'm not just a person that is here to be productive. I'm actually a person that's living and breathing and is nature as much as the birds are or the trees are, you know, I'm also an animal in that sense. And, and there's part, while the birds are busy and doing all their things, you know, they're also flitting around in the water and, you know, um, squabbling over um, fries at the beach. And, you know, I caught a lot of uh, seabirds sunbathing when I was at the beach, which was really lovely to see. And, you know, I have to connect with the fact that, you know, that's me as well. I'm part of nature. And so much of the time we get stuck in these cycles of what it means to work and to be productive and to always have an output from what we're doing. Mm. And I think it's really beautiful to sometimes, well, hopefully more than sometimes, uh, be in a space where we are, we just, we are, you know, we are what we are. And there's no expectation of productivity in that. For me, that's where I find a sense of groundedness and a sense of God as well. I really, and I suppose it's just, it's related to slowing down and stopping and watching and seeing. Uh, one of the exercises, so I took, I mentioned painting, right? I took an online course, uh, which is not professional in any sense of the word. It's just, here's how you hold a paintbrush and <laughs> here are the different types of paint. And, you know, cause I had no I'm idea. interested in this. I'm, I have no idea how to actually <laughs> hold a paintbrush. <laughs> you know, so I learned the difference between gouache and watercolor and acrylics and, you know, mediums. And it was, it was great because I didn't know this stuff and it was exciting for me because I'd never learned about it. And uh, anyone who knows me, my strength finders, you know, I'm very in my top five input intellection. So I do love to learn new things. And that's very life giving for me, especially when they have nothing to do with what I'm normally doing. So that was fun. And uh, yeah, I just had the, the space to take this to take this online course and to learn some stuff. And part, one of the exercises was that you had to go outside and choose something to paint and the suggestion was to find something very ordinary. So don't look for, you know, really beautiful flower with lots of different shades of color. Look for something very ordinary, like a stick, you know, or a blade of grass and go from there. And the exercise was to study it very carefully and to place it in different 
areas on your page and around the room to see where the shadow cast and those sorts of things and then to challenge yourself to draw as much detail and color from that one very ordinary thing as you can and I loved it it was great I chose a stick it was you know and it was a small stick and it had a little knob in the top sort of bending off to the right and I had just never really taken the time to study a stick for two and a half hours and I found it incredibly grounding and for me, it was a very, it, you know, it was a spiritual practice, you know, to, to be conscious of the complexity of our world and all the things that we look over so easily in the rush and the humdrum of life to realize, oh my goodness, this stick is, has something, has fingerprints of the divine. And it sounds very poetic. When you do it, you realize, oh wow, actually, <laughs> this is really incredibly complex and beautiful. But I think when we talk about it, it sounds really poetic and lofty, doesn't it? Yeah. But it's, you know, when you actually do the thing, it's incredibly grounding. Yeah. Like on a similar note, one of my favorite things uh, as we get into late summer is to always go and find a a field with really tall grass and to go and walk through it for similar reasons, because it's just that getting connected to creation and to feel it and yeah, to just go, wow really is amazing. The universe is an amazing place and it's nice to get back in touch with that rather than going, uh, have I got everyone's washing off the line? Um, <laughs> sorry, not to just bang on, on on that point. Like, it's good. I'm glad you've taken us from like talking about art as a spiritual discipline into into that sort of broader contemplation of life and, and how that's a rejuvenating thing. Mm. I've come to the conclusion that I think the spiritual practice that is most underrated by me and many others, uh, is what I'd like to call having fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because fun is really important. And I know for me, well, this is one of the gifts of summer, right, is that suddenly having that time to unplug, to chill out a little bit more, to get back into a happy place, to get out of the grind, to enjoy get you know getting outside, all of that sort of stuff. Finally, you know, it takes a while for me to suddenly come around to oh, that's right, fun. This is a really important thing in my life. There's nothing I like more than laughing. Mm. Uh, and it's something I don't do enough of, right? Which is sad, really, uh, when I think about it in its own way. Because laughter is great. Laughter is a moment where we totally drop our defenses and and you lose it. And that's a real divine experience, actually. Yeah. That's a, a moment where I'm going... Oh, right. Now I get I get that phrase, the the you know, the glory of God is the human being fully alive. Mm-hmm. Um, because laughter is life, right? Mm. It's a real moment of living uh, in the moment. And so I do I do love laughing um for that reason. And to that end, in seeking to kind of live more into that spiritual practice, I found this this game for families to play. And you play it out over over a year, and you'll have a, it's a it's a deck of cards. Comes in a pack. This is it here. And oh, just holding it up so I can see go. it. Yeah, this game is called Served, but there are lots of different variations on it. And basically, you as parents get given a number of cards. The parent ones aren't very fun, unfortunately. Oh, um, yeah. But the uh, the kids get given a bunch of cards too, and they can play these cards strategically over the course of however long you decide. And so I came in from my morning run yesterday and uh, my six-year-old was lying in wait as I came in the door and handed me this card that just said, 
for the next 10 minutes, you have to walk as if you're walking on the moon. And so I just <laughs> had to do this uh, and, and walk around for 10 minutes as if I was walking on the moon to great amusement from the children. Similarly, later in the day, I, I got my revenge by saying, well, I actually have a card that says you have to turn your clothes inside out for the next hour and played that. And they all had to wear their clothes inside out for the next hour because it was fun. And the thing that I'm absolutely dreading is that I know one of the kids has a card that says, uh, if either of your parents is grumpy, you have permission to make them sit under the kitchen table until you say they're allowed to come out. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, it's real danger territory for me first thing in the morning, I'll tell you, <laughs> not being a morning person. <laughs> so every morning I'm having to take extra minutes in bed to say, am I really ready to face making breakfast and so on? Yeah. <laughs> because I don't want to end up under the table. Oh, it's great. I mean, yeah, when we were on holiday, a similar thing, the kids, so it was my kids and a and couple of other kids, clergy kids, uh, <laughs> we'd gone away and... Um, they all decided they're all good mates. They all decided that they were going to do a backwards day. Uh, so they'd have breakfast in the morning and they'd have, sorry, they'd have breakfast, <laughs> breakfast in the breakfast evening. in the morning, you say? They'd have like dinner in the morning and they'd all wear their uh, clothes back to front and they had all these rules. They were writing down a list of rules as to what they were going to do for backwards day. And I'll be honest, as a mother, I was just dreading it. Eh? I was like, oh, I don't want to have to, do anything extra (laughs) and they had all these sort of things that you know instead of walking forwards you had to walk backwards and so I'm anticipating people falling over and you know so my instinct was just to shut it down honestly and um, I was so grateful for a couple of other parents in the household who actually just went ahead with it and you know you get on board right but there's this resistance sometimes to fun at me that I can recognize. Oh, I recognize it too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's really interesting to me as you know, as to why, why we resist it so much. And I do think that in the church or for, you know, followers of Christ that we have this thing as well going on. And I wonder if it's more extreme for us sometimes because you know, we have these themes of service and sacrifice and mission, um, whatever that word means, and, you know, salvation and, you know, discipling and all these words that are so loaded, and I'll, I'll own that now. We're not going to unpack them one by one, but I guess the general sense is that we have a lot of responsibility Um you know, whether or not that's true to the extent that we believe it. And I personally had that from a really young age, you know, the sense of, you know, following Jesus is really serious. It's really serious and you have all these responsibilities and it's not, you know, and the whole Jesus is always watching, you know, that you can't, you can't just like have time off from being this really serious, responsible follower of Jesus, you know, for me, it translated to a lack of fun, I think, a lot of the time. Yeah. And so as an does, adult... I think it does for a lot of people, to be honest. Right, yeah. yeah. And so as an adult, you know, it's interesting. I guess I'm not saying it's the complete and only cause of this resistance to fun or this ability to let go and, and just relax, but I think it does contribute to that alongside living in a society that's very much focused on your value being in 
being productive, right? So we have these layers of pressures on us. And so it gets to the point where drawing a stick or painting a stick, you almost feel guilty. Mm. And if it's not guilty for not, you know, following Jesus in a very active way or not working or not caring for someone um, that you know you should message to check up on or not doing the washing, like your example, Richard, it's so, it becomes so difficult for me um, to, to switch off and to give myself permission to say, no, this is good. This is good and healthy. And this is part of what it means to be fully alive. I think it's really hard to even get there sometimes, which is deeply concerning. Yeah. Another example of that I definitely noticed for myself is that I only tend to read novels over the summer. Um, and the comment I make, uh, which I joke about, is it feels like I'm, if I read a novel during the year, it feels like I'm cheating on my thesis. Um, because, uh, you know, there's only so many hours in the day where I can be working. And it's like, well, I feel this drive because I've got this huge project and there's just still so much to do that I should be reading more and learning more and, and writing more and taking time out to read something that's actually just purely mm. for entertainment feels really luxurious. But actually, it's really important too, because again, it is that thing of balance, right? Um, mm. Of keeping things, yeah, on an even keel. And I know for a fact in ministry, we, you know, I, I, I did anyway, being sort of trained for the priesthood or whatever, it was, you know, yep, you have to have a supervisor and you have to have a hobby, kind of like you said before. Um, and you have to have balance and all of these things. But they're said in these kind of general headings, you know, like mm. you have to achieve this, this, and this. But there's no guidebook as to how to achieve that. But also, more importantly, I think, how to go through the psychological process to be able to do that. Now, that could be just because, you know, I've gone through some stuff in my life that means that it's harder for me to let go than other people. Um, but I do think acknowledging the, the very real pressures of life and realizing that they play into our inability for play and for fun uh, are things that we do need to break down and potentially talk about more. Uh, I remember last year, you know, you were saying, Richard, even in the community of ordinary saints, you know, it's good for us to have social occasions. It's good for us to have fun. Mm. Um, and you're right, you know, and of course, and it's not like we weren't doing that at all, but it was just this reminder that, Hey, we need to be doing this. And so that was a really welcome reminder just in the midst of that grind, you know, that yes, we can always be learning and inquiring, um, and deepening and our formation and all of these sorts of beautiful things and building community, but it's part of like an essential part of all of that is that we have fun and that we learn to enjoy one another's company. Uh, that's a really important part. Yeah, and for me, fun and creativity really do go hand in hand. Um, but when I'm at my most creative, that is when I'm having the most fun. Mm. But, yeah, the the downside of that is that then people can become critical. So if I'm not being reverent enough or if I'm having fun with the way I talk about a scriptural passage, for example, people are like, oh, is that really okay or not? Oh, mm. it's a bit suspect. And it's like, no, I I mean, I have a sermon I've given a, on a few occasions where I talk about Jesus incorporating humor uh, into his ministry. And I do think there are a number of examples of that, that, mm. that again, it, it can't all be work. There has to be some play. And I do think the example set for us is that there is um, fun to be had on the journey. Mm. And it 
kind of keeps us sane and actually makes it enjoyable. It's just, yeah, I said it before, fun is really underrated. Yeah. And there's that spirituality of play, right? I know that I've heard this this phrase um, a few times before and there's been some work to kind of try and incorporate that into the Community of Ordinary Saints um, a framework for like a rule of life. And now, of course, you don't have to do this, but we do have these four touchstones, one of them being creativity. And in our little booklet that talks about a rule of life and developing a rule of life, uh, quite a few of the questions are around the concept of play, you know? So how do you play? Where do you, where are you creative? Where do you, you know, switch off and engage your creativity? Because it's just acknowledging that that is what it is to be human, that there is this really intricate part of us that has to be explored in ways that will work for that person. And I really am a big believer in the fact that play and creativity does connect us with a sense of God and with the divine, um, because that's how we're created. You know, we're not created as as just workhorses. You know, there's there's so much more. And I guess maybe that's it, Richard. Maybe that's something that I could realize when I was looking at this little twig and painting it, you know, that there's just so much more to what it is to be human. And we're missing it, I think, a lot of the time because of this busyness that we're experiencing. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't work, right, that we shouldn't work. <laughs> you know, I think I think for me, the challenge is, is incorporating your whole self into what it is that you do as well. I think that's something that I wish I'd had more conversations about when I was younger, perhaps. I did hear that phrase, you know, to choose something you love and you'll never work a day of your life. Mm. Um, And yes, there is some truth to that. Um, But I know that it's not that simple for a lot of people. No, it's a pretty privileged person who ends up in a job (laughs) where they get to do something they love all the time as well. (laughs) Yeah, totally. But it's also sort of a, a little bit of a misunderstanding in the sense of like, even a job you love can be hard some days. Yeah, heck yes. Sometimes actually the challenges are the parts that help us to grow and to, mm-hmm. to be better as well. So not to get all on the serious wagon, but I do think sometimes it is those hurdles that that, that shape us and make us grow and, and lead to new enjoyment. One of the things I think I'm ultimately wanting to ask is, are Christians too serious? <laughs> <laughs> I think some are. <laughs> I think some yeah. are. Like all things, right? It's always going to yeah. be a, a mixed, a mixed bag. Mm. But yeah, I can remember. I can remember copping flack from someone saying, "Oh, you don't take things. Oh, you know, don't take things seriously." And I'm like, "Yeah, but I do want to have fun doing this too, mm. because I think it's it's here to be enjoyed. And I think humor is a gift from God, and we need to." we can all stand to take ourselves a little less seriously at times, right? Oh, yes. But I think there is a balance to be struck. And there are certain things like, as I say, there are still some things that I would never really joke about mm. when it comes to, to my belief system. But it's that mm. thing of even if someone did and I didn't, and I went, oh, you know, that's something I actually do believe in that you're sort of making fun of. But I'm like, look, if, if it was a funny comment, uh, look, funny is funny, right? So, yeah. It's 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 a it's a good question, but I think ultimately probably it's a question for each of us as individuals, right? Is, mm. Are we taking ourselves too seriously, or are we taking ourselves seriously enough? Mm. Do, do we have that sort of balance where there's a time for fun and there's a time for for, for being more serious? And I think it, it's not about any one given moment. It's about 
working out when is time for each of those things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I think the irony of this for me is that the more the more I developed a sense of self and a sense of self-respect, which you could in some ways translate to taking myself more seriously, actually meant that I was more able to laugh at myself. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting dynamic that I'm still yet to explore fully. But I think if I look back to when I was a bit younger, not even in the, not even in the distant past, um, my sense of self and my sense of self-worth uh, wasn't the hottest. And I realize now that that translated to me having a very, very serious outlook on my life. And, it, it, you know, and I think as I've been able to appreciate what my strengths are and where those strengths stop as well. So where, where I can say, yeah, that's not my thing. That's not in my skill set, but it's in yours. And acknowledging what I am worth, but also that I'm not everything <laughs> to the world, right? Yeah. I guess having this realistic, more realistic sense of who I am and what I'm not has enabled me to laugh so much more and to, to you know, spend time being not so productive because I guess I'm not convinced that I'm this that I'm it, that I'm a be all and end all. And I know, Richard, we were talking about this before, weren't we? Um, how, you know, how interestingly creativity and play kind of weaves into these themes of productivity, sense of self. Yeah, so it is a pretty fascinating blend of topics. Yeah, I know that there's a comedian that you and I both follow. I won't mention him by name here, but um, <laughs> one of the things I greatly enjoy about him is that he, he does reflect on his youth and really has a good laugh at some of his various excesses <laughs> and some of the strange choices he made. So what I like about this comedian who's quite similar in age to me is that, you know, he reflects on like life in the 90s and how things are different and, and laughs at himself about these various stories. And I like it because it gives me permission to to reflect on that time in my life as well and also go, oh boy, I was so I was so caught up in this and I really thought I was onto something here and and boy that was really quite embarrassing and uh <laughs> and it's good it's good for me to actually look back on those things and go oh that's that's pretty cringe <laughs> um, yeah. do you think that's part of the reason why cats are so funny because i look at cats and they take themselves very seriously mm, very until seriously. they do something completely ridiculous right so they'll, yeah. they'll you know they have this air about them and then you know they're so pompous and sort of self-important and then they'll (laughs) slip off a window ledge or they'll jump and miss and like smack their heads on a table or something and you know so long as the cat's not hurt it is hilarious you know because all of a sudden they're these very serious creatures who've done something very silly and I sometimes look at my own life through that lens and think wow I thought I was very self-important and very serious but I realize in hindsight looking on that I was just missing the mark (laughs) and it's funny you know yeah gotta be able to laugh and you know sometimes humor just needs to start with us as as the ridiculous person right yeah yeah Yeah. I think this probably leads me to my new year's resolution which would be more fun don't take myself quite so seriously uh, and enjoy what I'm doing even 
even if I'm having to balance it with lots of work and demands. Yeah. And for me as well, I think is wanting to explore God more in the creative and the play space. What does that look like? Because I think there's so much more there for me to explore and I'm excited about that. All right. Happy New Year. Yeah. Woo.